0: what's up everybody We've got an episode of the hobby with Gage here just me all by lonesome i hope i'm enough for you guys we uh it's been a crazy couple of weeks in the hobby i gotta tell you and today's episode as you can see from the title is who wins fanatics versus panini it's an interesting one right fanatics suing panini panini is suing fanatics cross claims abound and most recently, the NFL Players Association terminates their contract with Panini. Panini files an arbitration, uh, which means we're not actually going to see any of it. it. Mostly, arbitrations aren't usually aren't public filings. We won't see, um, you know, what the Players Association felt was a material enough breach and what the whole cause of this was. But the interesting thing was, you know, people ask me, um, you know, who's going to win? What's the winner of this? And uh, my answer is not you. You're not the winner of this. It's kind of, um, you know, what gets lost in the shuffle, right? I know there's a lot of money at stake. I know there's a ton of money. Fanatics spent a lot of money to get the licenses. Panini spends a lot of money on their player contracts. And obviously they're spending that money because there is a ton of money to be made in the hobby. There's a ton of money being spent here just log on to ig and see all the breaking being done you know there's a lot of money being made by the companies involved in this product and for the last bunch of years there's been enough money to go around but fanatics is moving their way in and you know it's it's an interesting thing and i think if you asked 50 people you'd probably get a split somewhere down the middle on what's better for the hobby there are people who love panini they love the panini stuff they love the way that panini you know made their inserts they uh they love prism you know they love flawless they love the products and there are people out there who think that fanatics is going to do a better job um they can't wait for tops chrome to be back in basketball and you know, for tops to be involved in football. And, uh, you know, they believe that the, uh, the pre-prism days are better and that, you know, there is a longing for some of the nineties stuff to kind of come back. And The funny thing is I can kind of see both sides and I can probably, if you give me a little bit of time, make an argument for both sides. I can make an argument for why each side has the ability to bring some real good things to the table. um, Unfortunately, what we have now in the NFL space, with the Players Association saying that Panini is not able to utilize the likenesses of the players on the cards, Panini still has a little bit of an advantage because they have player contracts, and as of the time of recording this, they still have the NFL license, which means they can put those players they have under contract plus the the teams in the league. Which makes it, you know, as close to a licensed, fully licensed card as you can. The checklist is going to be the problem, right? Because you're not going to have a lot of these young stars. You're not going to have the rookie cards of people that you know you want to have. I'll get up to what some suggestions I have for what Panini can do, just to kind of throw it out there, um, suggestion-wise. But you know, if you think about this, right? What can Panini do? What does this mean? You had everybody under the sun come out and do uh, breaking news. There's been 40 breaking news. Jeff Wilson breaks news every 37 seconds, right? And he's breaking news, breaking news. Darren Ravel's breaking news, the Panini response, the news. You know what none of the news has in it? None of the news has what it means. What's the upshot? What does it mean for the products that are coming out in the coming weeks? We have a football season That's days away from starting. Days away. We're drafting our fantasy teams as we speak, and we don't know what's going to happen with that rookie quarterback class, with the guys who we're drafting. We don't know, you know, what kind of cards we're going to get out of them, what kind of licensed product we're going to get. Will we have National Treasures this year? There are some people listening to say, "Who cares?" They say, "I don't like National Treasures." You know, will the Mosaic release come out in a couple weeks? You know, are we going to see these products that are on the release calendar? Are we going to get a couple of them and then no more? What is going to happen? And the funny thing is, is that no one knows the answer. And therein lies the problem. I'm all for litigating when you have to. I'm all for, um, you know, people protecting their investments, people going out there and doing what they need to do to maximize profits. If the Players Association has a legitimate beef, I'm all for them exercising whatever rights they have. Same thing with Panini. Same thing with Fanatics. All for it. But here's the funny thing. People don't like when we compare cards to the stock market. But I'm going to do it for a second anyway. Okay? I'm going to do it for a second. You can compare it to almost any market. But let's just use the stock market for a second. There's a reason why in the months before a presidential election, the market is usually stagnant, if not slightly down. The reason for it. And it's usually the reason why a certain stock doesn't do well or the market overall doesn't do well. Or why when we have something like COVID happen, you see the market go down initially. It's because of one word, and that is uncertainty. The markets hate uncertainty, right? Because they can't predict what's going to happen. It's so uncertain which way we're going to go, where we're going to be, where we're going to head, that the market just kind of sits out and waits. People aren't willing to put their money into certain things because they don't know where the market's going to go. Politics, it's pretty straightforward and easy, right? I mean, you know, you wait to see who is going to be elected because depending upon who wins an election, you're going to have different kinds of policies and those policies are going to impact which companies do better and which don't. Oil is a great example, right? So the price of oil, you know, last president was significantly lower than it is now. A presidential election has an impact. So people who are investing in oil, they kind of sit on the sidelines and wait to see what's going to happen in those elections. The problem with that is the last thing I think any of us really want is money on the sidelines, that's what happens with uncertainty and it, it's it's amazing to think about it right because i think if you polled the fanatics we know what they would say they're coming into 10x the hobby but i think if you ask panini hey what do you guys think about 10x in the hobby they'd be rah rah all for it also and so would the nfl players association because the more the hobby grows the more money they get the league baseball you know basketball the nba everybody the more money the better for everyone so the interesting upshot of all of this back and forth infighting between these companies that would all be better off with a 10xing of the hobby is that the hobby is sitting here uncertain. The hobby is sitting here with money that they don't know what to do with. They keep it on the sidelines because they're not certain. Do I pre order products? How can I? Do I know what the checklist is going to look like? Do I know if people are going to be in it? Do I know if it's going to be worth it to have those products? What do I do? Where do I spend my money? And with that uncertainty, maybe the upshot is that people who might have come into this growing hobby, who might have come in because they drafted a fantasy league team and they got Bryce Young. That person didn't do a good job drafting, but you understand what I'm saying. Bryce Young's their fantasy quarterback or that's somebody who they think that's the you know they're fan of that team. They want to start buying his cards, but they do a little research on Google and they see breaking news. They go on Instagram to try to join the hobby community and all they get is breaking news, breaking news with no real news. just uncertainty. Just we have news. there's a lot of litigation. there's a lot of infighting. But we don't actually know what that means for the cards. And we don't know what that means for the cards. It's very difficult to put your money in it. And that's the opposite of 10xing the hobby. Instead, that's probably steering money away from the hobby. At least in the modern, ultra-modern, new product segment. But that is the place that we've seen the most growth. That's the place where we've seen the most excitement, the youth come in. Say what you want, and I know there are collectors out there saying, "I don't care. I, I bless people. I can I see the comments now. Less people's better. But let me buy my cards." Okay, you, sir, you, ma'am, are in the vast minority. All right, and I don't believe you anyway because even you want 10 times the people in the hobby because the stuff that you currently do own will, will will necessarily be worth more and everybody wants their stuff to be worth more. I don't even care what you say in the comments. I'll delete it. <laughs> Talking to you, you know who you are. <laughs> anyway, the point is, right? Everybody wants this stuff to go smoothly. Everybody wants to compound. Everybody wants to throw more money on it. Everybody wants to make this a bigger hobby and get more people in it. But I guarantee you the opposite is happening. We are scaring people away. All of the breaking news that's being published, all of these headlines, all of the this one sued this one and that one sued that one. Sure, it might be attention grabbing. But when somebody who's thinking about spending their money in this hobby reads the actual article and says, well, I, I what do I do? Where do I go? Where do I, where do I put my money? What, what am I supposed to do with now? There is no answer. There's uncertainty, and that is the opposite of what you want. When you're going to put your money in something, you want to have some kind of certainty. You want to have some sort of understanding that, all right, I'm going to buy a box of Prism this year. I have no certainty of what I get. I have no certainty about what I'm going to hit or if I'm going to get the stuff, but at least you have a certainty of knowing that 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 Prism football is a licensed product that has a full checklist with the quarterbacks and the whole nine yards. You don't have that now. You don't have that at all, and that's a little – Concerning, and I don't know whether or not the companies that are embroiled in this battle here are thinking along these lines. Because sometimes when you you know when you get into these battles, when the battle lines are drawn, and you start to you know this is ours, and we're going to get this done, and Players Association and Panini Fanatics, you you get blinders on every now and again. You just you know it's we're going to make our arguments, and we're going to win. We have to defend our money. We have to defend our rights. We have to do this. And sometimes when you put those blinders on, right, you miss the forest for the trees, right? You start thinking about this narrow issue. I'm going to win on this, and I'm going to win on this contract, and I'm going to do this, this, and this. And you maybe don't think about the bigger picture and, you know, what that looks like to people on the outside looking in who might have been thinking about coming and putting some money into this hobby and now may not. So, it's an interesting thing, right? So, who wins Fanatics or Spinini? The answer is not you. At least, not right now. I'm sure at some point in time, there will be a resolution. And we'll know who's got what license and who's got what and who's making what. It might be 2026, it might be 2024, it might be who knows when. But the thing about it is this if you don't like my stock market comparison, I'm going to compare it to something else once you lose somebody it's very difficult to get them back and a lot of people who are involved in this hobby are new entrants into this industry this hobby this space they're either people who came back because of covid they're people who came back out of nostalgia a lot of them have already left hell we know a bunch of people personally who have already left and the ones that are here have just survived. A down market. They've just survived their first roller coaster ride in the hobby. They've seen an upswing. A lot of them rode it right back down. Some of them even got on at the top and only rode down. And now, while everyone's preaching about a stable market, a more stable market, price stability, the ability to kind of jump back in and start buying the cards you like, start collecting again. Everybody's focused on sports card collecting instead of sports card investing. How do we collect when we don't know what products are actually going to be made and what's going to be in those products? And here's the other comparison that I have. Baseball. If you're old enough, great. If not, you can look it up. In the mid-90s, baseball had a strike. And I don't begrudge anyone for having a strike. Just like the Players Association and Panini are having a a, 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 a um, an argument now that's going to play out. It looks like an arbitration. Just like Fanatics and Panini are having their legal dispute, the Players Union and the league and the owners, they had a strike. There was a work stoppage. And the interesting thing was that there were some amazing players at the time. Ken Griffey Jr. was, you know, just hitting his stride. The '94 season, if you go back and look, there were, you know, people who, who were striking distance at 400. You know, there were, you know, players who were amassing just massive totals of RBIs. There were records that could have been broken. There, you know, they, it was a, a fun season with stars. You had Cal Ripken, Ken Griffey Jr., Frank Thomas, you know, Greg Maddox, Barry Bonds. You had all these guys doing great stuff, right? Baseball was popular. And because of its popularity, the players felt like they were not getting the money that they were deserving, possibly rightfully so. And again, I don't begrudge them for stopping work. They wanted to protect their rights. They wanted to make sure that they were getting a fair piece of the pie. I get it. It's fantastic. Good for them. No problem with it at all. But they stopped working. And wouldn't you know, right? People stopped watching. I mean, there was a replacement product put on with scabs. Sort of like a replacement product, like a maybe a not a fully licensed product that comes out. Maybe a product with a modified checklist. There was a product put out, but nobody really watched it because it was, wasn't the same. And people found other things to watch. Shaq, Jordan. They started watching basketball, football. And when baseball came back and the players were satisfied and the owners were satisfied and the deals were made and the product was ready to be relaunched and put back out there, it didn't have the same type of fan base anymore. A rabid fan base that was there. Don't get me wrong. It came back, but it took a hell of a lot of time and it took a monumental thing to bring it back. It was the home run chase of Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire that we now know was fueled by performance enhancing drugs. But that's years later, guys, years later, after losing some credibility, after losing a whole bunch of fans. And after the fans realizing that there were other places for them to spend their time and spend their money. Because when you stop work, there's uncertainty. There's uncertainty about when that those players are going to come back. There's uncertainty about when the season's gonna be saved, and it wasn't. And when those players are gonna come back and play again. When they do come back and play again, some people aren't gonna be there. And I fear that's a, a fun comparison for the hobby as well, especially given the fact that I believe that we are in an unprecedented time in the hobby. Take it from someone who's been collecting since the 80s. The last couple of years of run up, not just in prices, but more importantly, in hobby participation, both from a business side And from an entrepreneurial side, from a card show side, from a collector base side, a content side, from wherever you want to look at it from. We've seen an unprecedented run up. People are building businesses on the back of this hobby. But remember what the hobby is built on. Product. The cardboard with pictures on it. And... Can anybody listen to this? Tell me they have some certainty about what, at least in the NFL, what that product's going to look like this year. If you do, you're a fortune teller. You should go put some money down on the cubbies. You should go play some bets. Because the rest of us are kind of uncertain. And uh, uncertainty is the opposite, I think, of where you want to be when you want to 10x. And the last little note on this, I'm going to try to keep it short, because I haven't really been able to chime in on these things, is when you have uncertainty, you also have other stuff. You have people coming out and telling you what they're certain of. We're going to have to open up a little two liter here. We got a little Pepsi Zero Sugar. It was on sale. Don't hold it against me. You know, this is a questionable choice episode here. I got my Backyard Breaks t shirt on. If I'm uncertain and you're uncertain, you can bet that you go on Instagram right now. You bet that you can find on YouTube someone who is as certain as they can be about where you should put your money. That's somebody you got to watch out for. There are going to be folks who are going to be screaming from the rooftops that sealed wax is the place to be right now. Go and buy your sealed wax. Trust me, I've never been more certain of this in my life. Buy sealed wax, you're going to hear. Buy the repacks because they got cards in them now that are gonna be worth more. Buy the sealed wax. Buy the repacks. Why? Why the sealed wax? It's just as possible that whatever happens over the next couple of years with Panini doesn't have to tarnish the legacy of their products. That makes the wax value go down, as there is evidence that sealed wax of licensed products or what. People are going to chase. Why is sealed wax all of a sudden going to go up? The reason why people buy the product now is because they want the cards of the new players. They want these new quarterbacks. They want the new crop, and they want to have it so that they can invest in it. There's a reason why Mac Jones' Dunrus cards and LaMelo Bull hoop cards sell for what they sell for and then come crashing back down to earth. You're not getting that Mac Jones or that LaMelo Ball first card in their, you know, professional uniform in last year's sealed product, guys. That's not what the chase is about. Not at all. And anybody who tells you, oh, you just buy the old wax, buy the sealed wax, is probably someone who's sitting on a whole bunch of sealed wax. So where do we go? I wish I knew. And that's part of the problem. I'm even uncertain. What I would tell Panini is this. Because he has a fun one for the last two minutes. They still have a lot of levers to pull. And you know what? It looks like they're going to arbitration and maybe they can get this worked out. Maybe they can find out what it was. Who knows if they were given an opportunity to cure whatever the defect is. I don't know if we'll ever find it out. Maybe there's a way to kind of salvage this. Um, I wouldn't jump to a conclusion that Fanatics had anything to do with it at all. I know that's a, a you know a unique Uh, It stands by me because everybody just assumes it's fanatics marionetting everything. I don't believe that to be the case. Um, I know there's obvious other litigation and stuff going on, but I just think this was a players association. Let's hope that um, there's a way for Panini to kind of, like I say, cure that, fix it. If they can't, they got a lot of players on the contract still, and there's some unique things they can do, right? Think about this. I know it goes against what I just said. But what if Prism this year, you weren't able to pull Bryce Young Prism cards with Bryce Young on them and CJ Stroud on them. and You weren't able to get Bijan Robinson. But what if you were able to actually pull Patrick Mahomes Prisms from 2017 and Josh Allen Prisms and what if you were able to pull you know Lamar Jackson Prism rookies? You know, what if Panini used some of the money that they're not giving the Players Association now, went on the secondary market and actually bought back cards, bought back cards that are licensed, bought back cards that they made, bought back cards that have already been made with the permission of the Players Association and the players on them, and then actually inserted them in the product? Not a buyback, not a buyback auto, not sort of like honors, similar. The actual cards. I'm talking about putting them in there. Topps has done this. Tops has inserted, you know, um, old vintage cards from prior years that they've gone and bought them back, you know, and they've inserted them in the product. Something like that, you know? Imagine, you know, Prism this year, you're able to open it up, and you're not getting the next Patrick Mahomes rookie. You're actually getting a Patrick Mahomes rookie. Just one idea that I thought of that would be interesting, fun one, um, and a way to kind of still be licensed by the NFL, still have a players association uh, – not players association, but but players in it. The checklist would be the players they still have contracts with and still have the ability to put their likeness on the card. And then cards that they've already produced, reinserted, put back in. Just one suggestion. I'm sure in the comments you guys have 50 other ones. But the summary of this one here, and I'll keep it short, is – there may be a winner between Fanatics Panini, Panini, and the Players Association and all the other litigating parties that are out there. There may be a winner one day. And ultimately, when all the dust settles, maybe the hobby wins. But not today. And not anytime soon. Because none of these things are going to resolve quickly. Not during the football season, I would bet. The only thing that's clear is that while there's no winner today, There is a loser, and that loser is you. Until next time, maybe I'll be a little cheerier on the next one. Talk to you guys soon.